0: Hello out there to whoever's listening, if anyone's listening. This is Pastor Tim Dooner of Valley Forge Presbyterian Church, and I welcome you to this uh, second reflection from our fall-winter 2019 series on Christian and congregational vitality, which uh, is the first of three focus areas for our consideration and implementation along this journey of becoming more fully uh, a Matthew 25 congregation. We're, we're thinking about this focus area of vitality. Uh, so this uh, second message in that series is entitled, Marks of Vitality, Intentional, Authentic Evangelism. I invite you now to enjoy and to become centered by a time of quiet and stillness as we prepare to think about this together. Okay, uh, what uh, I share for your consideration and imagination today is in response to a um, portion of the third chapter of John's Gospel, and in this text, it's Jesus speaking. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. Yet, you do not receive our testimony. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light, and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen, that their deeds have been done in God." We are grateful for how God uses the scripture to shape and inspire and to call us. This fall, our congregation is taking its first steps along this journey of becoming more fully a Matthew 25 church. It's the invitation to through this initiative to restore the relevance of the church in the world by being a people of action where God's love and justice and will for humanity are embodied and acted out and on display in the church for the world to see. The Matthew 25 initiative comes with these three areas of focus, the first of which is to seek greater vitality, to build ourselves up in strength for the sake of our future work. In the last episode, we considered the first mark of congregational and Christian vitality having a, uh, an orientation in life of lifelong discipleship formation. We considered that our religion, our Christianity, uh, was never meant to be a mechanism for either saving ourselves or preserving an organization. It was always meant to be a, about this journey of slowly but steadily conforming all throughout our lives more and more to the image of Jesus implementing what he taught into our daily living, loving others with the same love, seeing others with the same compassion, helping others with that same willingness to sacrifice. In this episode, we consider the second mark of vitality, intentional, authentic evangelism. And in saying that word, uh, assuming that whoever is listening out there, may heart may skip a beat to hear the word evangelism. It's going to be okay, I promise um for a lot of reasons that are bigger than this reflection that has become a scary word but it doesn't have to be a scary word uh, so let's let's consider first what this word is not what is evangelism not well evangelism is not about institutional organizational growth or survival evangelism is not about marketing church marketing It's not about becoming more attractive. It's not about having to recruit more people so that they can make our congregation bigger and more profitable or so that they can replace us either when we are gone or when we're tired of filling all the different roles uh, in the uh, congregation's life and want someone else to take a turn. Evangelism is not about wanting or needing more church members for the organization's sake. Even if we love our church community and we just want other people to love it too, we have to always remember that it's not about making disciples of us for any re- reason related to us. So it's not, it's not growth, survival, marketing, becoming attractive, recruiting. It's not, it's not trying to grow our thing. Evangelism is also not about indoctrinating others. Social indoctrination according to a list of values and expectations and requirements that we have come up with as a human organization. It's not about trying to modify others' behavior to the point that they earn their ticket to belonging, either belonging to us or belonging to God. When someone stands on the street corner screaming at people or instead politely hands them a piece of literature that they unfold and it essentially says, you know, that we have this all figured out and, and they need to believe like us or else they're in deep trouble. That's not evangelism. That's not good news. If, if I'm trying to make someone else believe the right things like me, that's trying to make disciples of me or us. Maybe we all have our own stories about um, encountering someone on the street corner screaming and wanting nothing more than to walk the other way. Good, good news uh, is something we want to hear. It's not something we want to avoid. In, in Matthew's uh, gospel, we could read of Jesus making some pretty strong statements about the ways that the Pharisees, the, his, the religious contemporary leaders, were trying to recruit and indoctrinate people into their system, into their way of seeing God in the world, and Jesus said that they were heaping heavy expectations on others, even when they can't keep those standards themselves. He said they were missing the fullness of life, uh, and that they were intentionally keeping others locked out of the, God, the life that God had for them too, locking them out of the kingdom, That's what he said. He said that these Pharisees were going out of their way, above and beyond, to make converts. We, we imagine those people going out of their way on the street corners. But that these converts became twice as much children of hell. Now, the word hell here that Jesus uses is the word Gehenna in Greek, which we've thought about briefly in other episodes of this series. Gehenna was not to Jesus. It was not maybe the same thing that we imagine when we hear the word hell. Gehenna, to Christ and his contemporaries, was not some place in another realm filled with fire and brimstone, but a very real physical place, a valley outside of the city of Jerusalem, where people burn their trash. And it's also historically where uh, Canaanites in centuries past had sacrificed children to the gods. And it also, historically in centuries past, because it is a low it's a spot of low ground, Um, and not high ground, in the midst of all the battles that happened in these lands over all the centuries. It was as low ground, it was a place where many a soldier had met their death. So Gehenna was known, not as some eternal realm to which God was going to cast those who were to be punished uh, because they didn't measure up, um, but as this very real place where humanity demonstrated its ability to hurt and kill each other. So Jesus was saying that when the Pharisees recruited and indoctrinated people uh, to try and get them to earn some belonging um, in their institution or belonging to God's favor, that they were acting as children of Gehenna. He's inferring that in, in acting for themselves and not for God, that they weren't actually helping them. They were hurting them. They were demonstrating humans, uh, humanity's capacity to hurt and to kill one another. They are spiritually harming these people by heaping all these religious expectations on them that they could not even keep themselves. So uh, if we, the church, uh, if we, the community of Christians in the world, are seeking to bolster our own organizations, uh, or if we're attempting to mold people in the image of our teachings and beliefs and actions, that's not doing evangelism. Authentic evangelism opens the doors to the kingdom of God, it opens the doors to life as God intends. It doesn't lock anyone out of it. Authentic evangelism points people to God, connects people to the God who is it doesn't point to uh, just any human being or human institution. Authentic evangelism invites people to be conformed in their lives to the likeness of Jesus, not the likeness of any human being, whether that's me, whether that's you, whether that's uh, a previous pastor that you may know, a pastor from our childhood, a pastor on TV, a celebrity, a political figure, a theologian, even a superhero. Evangelism invites people to be like Christ, not to be like any any human being or human idea. Evangelism, it's the Greek word euangelion, which really means the announcement of that which is good. That which is good because it's the a direct result Of God's will and action. It's inherently godly, therefore, it's inherently good. Evangelism, this word in the Greek, does not mean even a little bit to recruit or to indoctrinate or to judge or condemn another in hopes of converting. It means to tell or announce that which is good. The telling of the story of God's goodness, God's activity, being uh, apparent in our lives and in the world around us. It's, it's telling of good and godly news, not the telling of spiritual requirements or prerequisites for belonging, whether that's to us or to God. In the scripture we heard from John, at the beginning of this episode, we hear Jesus saying, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. From Jesus, we hear this invitation to speak of what we know, not to speak of what we believe, but can't definitively say is true, but but we've kind of affirmed that that's what we believe, it's on our list, and you should believe it too. We are to speak of what we know. <laughs> and to know, in the word Greek, when, uh, what uh, John is quoting of Jesus, means that which we have beheld. Or perceived or experienced by our senses. We are invited by Jesus to speak of that which we have lived, experienced, seen with our own eyes, heard with our own ears, felt with our own hearts. We testify to it. We bear witness to it. When and how have we per- beheld, perceived, experienced the love and movement of God within our lives with our own senses? When was it just obvious that we were in God's presence? When have we beheld or perceived or experienced the light of Christ, the truth of Christ on display, shining in ways that make us aware of the attitudes and actions and judgments within us that belong to the darkness? When have we had that moment where we realized that we've, we're missing the mark and that we, could, we need to step into the light? When, when have we beheld, perceived, experienced the reality that as we keep our eyes focused on Christ lifted up as we keep being like him uh, as a focus of our daily living we seek to live in likeness to him live lives that become obvious to others as good and godly when when have we beheld and perceived that doing that as a practice as a discipline leads to uh, inherit A depth of goodness and truth and purpose in our living that we cannot find elsewhere, that cannot come by any other means, that cannot be bought or purchased or earned in any other way. When have we beheld, perceived, experienced the promise about God that Jesus makes? That He was not, that He, Jesus, was not sent by God in order to unleash a a new brand of condemnation upon anyone. Or a new gatekeeper, and only to save some who earn that worthiness by measuring up to the standards of our human organizations. But instead, in order that all the world might come to know God's gifts of love and life and salvation through his witness. When have we known that God has loved and accepted and helped us, regardless of our brand of imperfection? Authentic. Uh, and effective evangelism comes from intentionally telling our God stories that we have experienced, that we have lived, that we have known. We don't need to have all the answers about the Bible or theology in order to tell our stories of knowing and experiencing God. My wife Blair and I can tell stories of being invited out of Gehenna, times when we were just exhausted or beat up by life. Uh, And God used people, both in the church and outside of the church, to pick us up and feed us and to tend to our wounds and to call us back to a healthier and more God-centered life. We can tell stories of people showing up with generosity and patience and love just when we needed it and how we sensed Uh, And we knew that that was God's will being acted out in these generous and patient and loving ways. Uh, Evangelism can also be telling stories of how we see God's will worked out in others around us. We can tell stories of loneliness being met with companionship, or of the socially outcast being met with graceful welcome and inclusion, or the oppressed being restored by the advent of justice, all because of the work and will of God being perceived and acted out by willing human partners. In our life as a congregation now, we can tell the story of how the hungry sisters and brothers in our community are being lovingly helped and be, uh, and, are, and that hunger is being relieved by people who uh, offer food freely to those who are food insufficient because they know that that is their participation in God's goodness. They know it. They know that that is God at work. This is evangelism. The telling, the announcement of that which is good, because it's God's goodness. It's God's will. It's God's truth embodied. Can we sense how this is so, it's such a different message to the world around us then? Won't you please come? We are begging you to come join and support our thing. Or it's different than, yeah, come and, and join our thing because the coffee or because of the choir, because of the hymns we sing or because of the preacher, because of whatever we feel provides, you know, a, a great return on, on our investment. Uh, can we sense how this is a different message than you have to believe like us so that you too can then be righteous and, and not some kind of heathen? We hear the difference we know the difference. We know which we'd be which we would be most receptive to and grateful for upon hearing it. Uh, an invitation that can come across uh, a little too strong sometimes to join an organization um, someone telling us how awful we are, how we need to be more perfect or someone pointing out how God is active in life because God loves and God is working in all things for the sake of good. Now, we know we know that that last one is the one that we would prefer to hear that that awakens something within us that that, that feels good and compels us to be a part of it. Evangelism, evangelism is not a program or an obligation for us as the church. It's just this very natural result. it's a sign of our vitality. it's a natural, outpouring of being grounded in the truth, the presence, the love of God as we seek to participate in our daily living in God's good. It's it's this natural outflow of good reporting. It's as natural as sharing the good news of our kids or our grandkids' uh, accomplishments or well-being. It's it's as natural as a good thing to share as the news of the Eagles beating the Cowboys, hopefully later this year. Or it's as natural as sharing the good news of the travels from which we've returned and the beautiful places in the world we've seen. Yeah. We speak of what we know. We speak of what we have experienced and beheld. And we tell of what we've seen with our own eyes. And Because this is just a natural result, it's a mark, a symptom of a vital church. It's, it's a sign that we are spiritually healthy and grounded in the love of God, grounded in our desire to participate in God's mission rather than just to build us up or to make people more like us. If we find ourselves uh, talking all about our own stuff, our own programs, our own styles, our own leaders, our own buildings, our own whatever, in ways that seem to be irrelevant to others because they're not connected to our thing, Or if we find ourselves talking about all the expectations that we want to heap on others in ways that feel like bad news to them (laughs) uh, and we heap them on them even though we can't keep them ourselves if we're honest, then we have to realize that we aren't talking about the right things, that, that this is a symptom of us missing the point. And it's also an invitation to reorient and to intentionally tell of God's good work in our lives and their lives in the world instead. So may God help the church to behold and perceive all the ways that God's love and power are at work in us and around us, and to speak naturally and with gratitude and with joy about all that we've experienced and seen, all that we know. May God help us to speak uh, in ways that are relevant and are good news to those around us. May God help us to be people of natural and authentic evangelism. Amen, and may God bless you in your reflections and in your prayers.